Radio Universe. It's a new day. Yes, it is. I am Vaughn Johnson. You got me mad now. You know, you got a bicycle. Feeling good. For all the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. We ride the bicycle in this arena. With my man, man, Pots and Pants, Nick Bacone. That's me. I don't know where the kid is that was riding it, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring. Smile at you and kick your face off. I'm down with that. But I don't like it when things aren't going my way. Don't you dare be sour! Woo! He don't know nothing else. <laughs> you know that wrestling, right, he know that wrestling, bro. <laughs> give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! What's up, ladies and gentlemen out there in the internet land, and welcome to episode 261 of the Straight Shooters which is available wherever podcasts are found. My name is Vaughn Johnson, and I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick Bacone, a Philly voice and Philly influencer, and we got yet another fantastic show ahead of us tonight here on the eve of Thanksgiving 2020, the most bizarre and wild Thanksgiving uh, in our lifetimes. Um, Typically on Thanksgiving Eve, we're at the bar, at least I am, and most people are, at the bar on Thanksgiving Eve, because surprisingly, Thanksgiving Eve is like one of the biggest bar nights in the, of the year, like even more so or in the same ballpark as New Year's Eve, which is, I know, some surprising for some, but for whatever reason, Thanksgiving Eve is a massive bar night, and a lot of people are upset out there uh, because they can't go to the bar and get, you know, trashed on Thanksgiving Eve, but hey, man, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, bro, so stay your ass home, <laughs> all right? Uh, you'll be all right. You can drink at home. Uh, but, uh, we're here on Thanksgiving Eve and we're going to do another deep dive about a holiday, sort of a holiday theme show, not really a holiday theme, but it was around the holidays, around Thanksgiving back in 1990. Uh, we're going to talk about not Saturday night's main event, but the main event, the fourth installment of the main event to be exact, which actually took place or taped on October 30th, 1990, but it didn't air for almost a full month later. (laughs) until november 23rd 1990 uh and for those who don't remember this show had a lot of stuff happen on the show but one thing that is probably the show is probably known for is for what happened that didn't actually air this show is the show where the rockers went against the Hart foundation for the wwe tag team championships in a two out of three falls match but of course the top broke broke during the match the match was a cluster and the match, even though the Rockers won the titles, the match never aired, and the Rockers never technically won. They were never recognized as the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions. But, despite that snafu, there were other things that happened on this show. Including a WWF Championship match with the Ultimate Warrior, and Ted DiBiase, Mr. Perfect, Big Boss Man, Rick Martel, and Tita Santana. There's a lot of stuff that happened on this show. But we're going to dig all into it, dive deep into it here on the show but before we get into all of that nick i gotta do my weekly check-in with you my guy how are you doing tonight my good brother i am spending thanksgiving eve like i do most thanksgiving eves at home (laughs) uh i I did like you're right thanksgiving eve like a party goer's dream you know and i'm just not feeling it uh i went out like a couple few years ago uh, it's just a ridiculous night. 
Uh, it is not. I'm not necessarily a fan of that scene that where it gets like that crazy. Um, I mean, I've been out there and I've been through you know these scenes, uh, plenty of them <laughs> when it, growing up. But you know, once I hit my 30s, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'll sit, stay home on Thanksgiving Eve and watch uh, Survivor Series stuff. That's how. That's how. <laughs> Survivor Series. That's stuff. how I roll. So I'd rather be drunk than watch Survivor <laughs> Series stuff. Um, but it's funny you say that because I, I went out on Thanksgiving Eve last year to a bar that's usually not super packed anyway. And it was pretty much the same last year on Thanksgiving Eve. So me and my girlfriend, we went out and we had a good time. <laughs> Let's just say that. Uh, but I've, I don't really remember going out on Thanksgiving Eve prior to that too much. At least for I can remember, I might have, but I don't really, you know, vividly recall. I definitely did it last year. And I had a good time. I mean, I, I, I try to avoid the big, crazy crowds anyway. So uh, I'm sure you probably ran into a couple here and there because that's just what happens sometimes mm-hmm. when you're growing up in your 20s and you're like, you don't know any better. You just go out and you're like, oh, big crowd. Let's go over there. And you're like, oh, I don't like this at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, opening a pub that same year right in my backyard where I used to live and grow up and just seeing a, a lot of people that, you know, I've thought we're in my rearview mirror <laughs> after yeah, so a elementary mini high school reunion in high, yeah in high school and you know that's i didn't hate high school i wasn't one of those that um couldn't wait to get out of it but uh there are there's a certain population uh, of people i went to high school with that i would like to s- just stay away from and a lot of them were there that night so i'm like oh great this, this that's probably it's funny you say that that probably happens to a lot of people who go back to their hometowns because they probably you know visit their yeah. parents yep you know what I'm saying? Back in their hometowns, let's say they moved away or moved to maybe even a different neighborhood, just, you know, something right. like that. Mm-hmm. But they go back to their parents' neighborhood and maybe they go to the bar that's near their parents' house. And at that bar is a bunch of people they went to high school with. And that's when it's like, oh, remember this guy? He thought he was the coolest kid in high school. Now he's just ran regular dude, you know, <laughs> hanging out at the bar. You know, we live in high school days. In 2013, my whole high school reunion, my 10-year reunion, was built around the Thanksgiving weekend since everyone was going to be in the area, and I wound up not uh, going to, to my uh, reunion. It was, you know, at, at another bar slash restaurant that was in the area. Um, so I don't know if that'll happen in 2023 for our 20-year reunion. We'll see how that unfolds in the next few years. Uh, hopefully mm-hmm. by 2023, we'll have a bunch of people that understand uh, <laughs> that pandemics are not to be messed with. Oh, I hope that happens in 2021. <laughs> we get 2023. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I hope this time next year, but, in I 2021, mean, I- I'm at the bar. <laughs> We're not doing the podcast next year on the Wednesday. I'm at the bar, actually. Uh, we, we, we take the week off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that week. Yeah. And I'm at the bar. Uh, having a good time, having a few adult beverages. Like, yeah, I was just, I, I was just putting it in perspective with my reunion. That's why I said 2023. But yeah, 2021 hopefully will be uh, <laughs> a lot different. Uh, look a lot different than it than it does now, oh, yeah. in, a, in a good way. In a good way. Well, you know, yeah. pray. Thanksgiving Eve is a wild night because it's like, like you said, it's a, it's like you get you get to go out on a. It's like an extra Friday. It's like you get to go out, yeah. get trash, then you wake up the next day. You don't have to go to work. Because it's Thanksgiving, and then you still get, I mean, you can go out on Friday, go out on Saturday, and then you got Black Friday, which people, I'm sure, oh man, I, I don't I don't know how these stores are going to do Black Friday this year with yeah. <laughs> with COVID, yeah. you know, and are, 
I'm, I'm sure people are still gonna go to these stores and be trying to trample people for TVs and stuff like that. Of course, but it's just wild. An American tradition. <laughs> oh mean, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not exact. Like I mean, we've seen videos elsewhere, not just in America, but I, mean, I think I, we're, I think I've we're only the seen them in, in the states. <laughs> yeah. For those that are unfamiliar, you know, if you're not from the states, we do have international listeners. Uh, yeah, well, our Thanksgiving's coming up this week. It's coming up tomorrow, actually. Uh, as we record this Wednesday night. Uh, I know Canada Thanksgiving is like in like October, but yeah, people some people look more forward to the day after Thanksgiving so they can spend all their money <laughs> on <laughs> TVs and couches or whatever. Yeah, and people go to department stores like Walmart or Target or whatever, and they were out there. Some people are out there and like some stores have the Thanksgiving night yeah. sale. Like yeah. they open up Thanksgiving night. Forget Black Friday. It's Black Thursday. <laughs> like. <laughs> So they eat dinner and wait in line at a department store at like seven, eight o'clock at night, and it's like, wow, you, you just can't be with your family at all. But there, there may the, be people that are having Thanksgiving dinner right now on Wednesday night, <laughs> just to get it out just the so way. they can go on Thursday. That that's real talk, though. People yeah. do that, and they wait in line, and it's a gang of people out there waiting. And as soon as they open them doors, people literally will run through the doors. They might they might trample each other. They might get into fights. You know, people will literally fight each other over TVs. Um, and, and, and like I said, if you're not from here, you may not be familiar. But if you're from here, you know full well because you've seen it on World Star, You've seen it on Twitter. You've seen it on the Internet somewhere. People rolling on the floor <laughs> in Caldor or somewhere or something like that. <laughs> I don't know if Caldor even exists. But you know what I'm saying. Some yeah. Best Buy or, you know, whatever department store, BJ's or whatever. I don't know. Um, rolling on the floor. Middle-aged people, middle-aged women and men and women fighting over this Panasonic TV that's on sale for like a buck fifty, like you know, yeah, one hundred fifty dollars yeah. as opposed to the four hundred dollars it normally is. So yeah, it's a it's a wild time. But I don't know. Like I said, I don't know how it's going to be this week because this year because of the pandemic. I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't go to no damn store this year. <laughs> like, nah, I'm. You know, I'm, I'm not gift, going to no store. I'm in the gift card business this year. <laughs> right. Like, I mean. I've been to stores because you you know you gotta buy some stuff sometimes, but like I'm not going to Black Friday shopping. No, no. <laughs> like, I, I'm yeah. anticipating thousands of people being out. Yep. Not so. even not even a thought in my mind. I uh, mean, it really so. isn't a- any year. Like I'll we used to have this tradition in my family where we would go, uh, you know, to Center City, see the light show, and do all this stuff, and mm. maybe some shopping, but not a lot. Uh, my parents would do. They wouldn't like finish their shopping that day. They would. They would maybe start it um, if they haven't started already. But that was kind of like a like a family tradition that we had. And as me and my sister got older, we didn't really want to do that anymore. My sister is starting to do it with her kids, so they can't really do it this year. And um, but I mean, that's kind of like what we did. That was our tradition, and you just you, I, you don't really see that anymore because now it's all about those deals. It's all about these videos we see, <laughs> we've seen for years that right. just, even though Cyber Monday it, is a reminder, thing, like, yeah, it's a reminder to me. That I'm I made a good choice staying away from that type of stuff. Right. Cyber Monday is a thing. Like you can just do a lot of stuff online. So good. So you yeah, could. that's what we that's what we suggest. Do your shopping online this year. The deals are just as good. Yeah, you might not get it instantly, and it might take a little longer because of the pandemic, but you'll get it eventually. Uh, but, f- you know, for everybody out there who, you know, 
celebrating Thanksgiving, do it safely. Hopefully, you're not around a bunch of people. I know people, a lot of people traveled this year, got on planes and trains and all that. Uh, good luck to you, bro. Like, honestly, like, <laughs> yeah. like, good luck, man. I hope you, you know, I hope everything works out for everybody and we don't see a massive spike two weeks from now. Well, Which, we've already could, seen a spike. It's already bad. If I could, it's not worse in two weeks. If I could bet on that, I would, and I'm sure I would take the uh, <laughs> the, the over, <laughs> whatever number that is. I'd be like up oh, over, but and I, um, I don't think you'd win any money because I think that would be most people's <laughs> bets. <laughs> yeah, be even, break even. Um, right. I wanted to make a betting pun there because I'm still still uh, hurting from my Monday night parlay. I had three of four. People scored a touchdown in that Monday night football game. I was so close to winning twenty five hundred dollars, and damn, it just the Rams. That'd have been a nice little absolutely Christmas present. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I already put my parlay down for the Cowboys Washington football team uh, game tomorrow night. So I have another four that I'm that I'm going for. Hopefully, they it's an offensive game. But man, that was like one of those things where I wanted to cry. I, I, I feel you, bro. Twenty five hundred. That's that's some gifts. Yeah, some and people, that was man. only that was only a five dollar bet too. So, oh wow, it yeah. came up twenty twenty five hundred dollars, <laughs> pretty much, man. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm still feeling that, and I'm tomorrow. That's all I'm going to be thinking about. That's I'm going to be zoned in on the Dallas Washington game tomorrow. That's going to be uh, my Thanksgiving, hopefully. <laughs> Oh, well, good luck to you, my friend. I appreciate that. <laughs> I wish you luck. Hope and you it, get that. I will. On it. I will post it if I if I do win because I I do post my winning uh, bets here and there. But man, Monday night that was that was it was that's devastating. It was just as bad as watching Monday Night Raw. Oh, we ain't gonna talk about Monday Night Raw on this show. <laughs> Nor we gonna talk about Survivor Series. Even though, did you watch Survivor Series? I mean, I'm sure you did. I did. But. I did. Uh, I, here and there, you know. Like, as usual, it's kind of a habit. Just put it on, and I try and pay attention as much as I can. But, you know, I do stuff on the Internet. I'm, like, running a website. So, um, you know, I try to pay attention as much as I can. So, yeah, I watched it. It was, it was all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was all right. I mean, it was, again, Survivor Series just has no juice. I just, I was, I, I had it on. I wasn't really fully paying full attention to it, you know? Yeah. Whatever. It happened. And we'll move on and we'll never watch it again. Exactly. <laughs> like, no one's going to watch that Undertaker ceremony again, by the way. Maybe only the, no. the Paul Bearer hologram, but that's it. No. It's just wild that it happened with no fans in the stands. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, it had to happen that way. But, um. Yeah, and the fact that they just decided to do it now instead of just push it off, like, until fans were there. That's kind of yeah. surprising. That might not be until, like,. Next yeah, June, I, mean, I guess <laughs> like, they were hell bent on uh, thirty years. We can't do thirty and a half years. Like we can't do that. But I got making a nice marketable very thirty years. Yeah. All right. Well, thirty years. Speaking of thirty years ago, yes. right before, right around the time the Undertaker debuted in WWF, at least technically by the time it taped, it was before he debuted. By the time it aired, I think it was. It was a little the, after the day after, the day after. The, the so night, there you go. The night, the night after, yeah. I uh, I had this in the Survivor Series 1990 taped back to back on the same VHS. Oh, yeah. Or like on your own VHS, or like yeah, a, yeah. Okay, yeah, yep. Got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you. But we're talking about the main event. 
And I know you're like, what, the main event, like the show that they have on WWE Network today that nobody watches? No, 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 the that main ret- event. By, by the way, that Retribution is, is on now. Oh. They're wrestling on main event. <laughs> oh, my God. That is just tra- Three hours of TV, and then you can't get them on TV? That's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I figured they would have a Survivor Series match. They didn't even have a Survivor no. Series match. Nope. What the hell? That is worse than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, <laughs> I exactly. That was pretty bad. I figured they would at least have a Survivor Series match, but whatever. Mm-mm-mm. We're talking about 1990. We're talking about the main event. They taped it October 30th, 1990, like I said earlier. It aired November 23rd. And, of course, like I said, the show is known for the tag title match that never was between the Hart Foundation and the Rockers. But the actual show itself... A good amount happened on this show, and it was it's a short watch. Fortunately, it's only forty eight minutes on the <laughs> WWE Network. Um, but there was some entertaining stuff that happened on the show. I don't know, you know, if you had some yeah. thoughts about the show, you know, before we Abs- dive into it. Absolutely, one of my very first wrestling shows, and you know, when you're five years old, just getting into you know pro wrestling, you you can't just watch one show and understand everything going on, so. You know, I'm learning, okay, the Ultimate Warrior is a good guy. People love him. He's the champion. And he was the first champion I ever saw in, in pro wrestling. So it was really cool to see him, you know, come out first to DiBiase. And remember, like, Survivor Series 1990 was the first pay-per-view I watched live. So I saw WrestleMania six, but that was after, like, months after I was at SummerSlam 1990, so I didn't see that live like on TV. And as a kid, like tried to remember as much as I can being there in person. So Survivor Series 90 was the first show that I ever watched live in front of my TV. I'm not even sure my parents knew that like the main event was the next night. They they showed it twice during the pay per view that hey tomorrow night on NBC is Ultimate Warrior defends the title against Ted DiBiase. So. That's, you know, they saw that, and thankfully they taped it uh, after Survivor Series 90 on the same tape. So I watched it, like, ad nauseum. That was my probably the tape I watched the most. That's why Survivor Series, to me, means a lot different <laughs> than it does to you. Uh, Apparently, it, yeah. It, it's one of those things where, okay, Thanksgiving, it was Thanksgiving night that year, and then the day after, that Friday night, it was the main event, and those two shows are just, like, ingrained in my mind because uh, it was you know the beginning of my fandom and so seeing like even the you know macho king appearance and jake roberts with that eye and everything everything about this show is so nostalgic to me and i'm i can't wait to dive into it well you, you got sentimental, sentimental reasons for like yeah exactly survivor series i just don't have those sentimental <laughs> reasons whatsoever um but let's dive I, into. I this always show. love the logo, by the way. Like the the classic logo the, was one of my favorites. No, that's probably the best part about Survivor Series to this day <laughs> is the classic Survivor Series logo. You're 100 percent correct. That that is a dope logo, and they should probably bring it back because the new one. I just don't. I don't know. There's nothing for me. It's so plain. Like they make the V's really long. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Don't know why fangs or something, but there, there's no. I, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't even make sense. It's a trash logo for a trash show. <laughs> it's fitting. There you go. So, there you go. Um, we start off the show, the main event, not Survivor Series, the main event, with an interview 
with Gene Oakland and Ted DiBiase. Gene Oakland is running down the dastardly deeds that <laughs> Ted DiBiase has done over and, the years. And these including, the first, I'm sorry to interrupt you. These are the first but, time I'm seeing this, too, like as a fan. And I was like, wow, Ted DiBiase really did that stuff. And these were st- things that happened like a year or two prior. Like they weren't just leading up to this show. Like they right. were showing highlights from like two or three years prior. So this was when Debiati at first, some of these was like from his first, from his debut, like when his oh, vignettes, wow. when, when he was debuting, like I think when he kicked the kids out the pool, yeah, 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 that was when he was first becoming the million dollar man. I'm wow. pretty sure. Wow. So I think, cause I remember they had the little, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but the vignette of him like riding in the, in the car and, and yeah. just doing different stuff with him. I'm pretty sure that's like right as he was debuting that little uh, vignette. It's yeah. a classic vignette of yeah. him doing like terrible things to people. <laughs> like, uh, by the way, this show took place in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. So, you know, the massive metropolis of Fort Wayne, Indiana <laughs> at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum. So there you go. There's that. Yeah, that but, uh, uh, vignette of him kicking the basketball away from the little kid bouncing it, man. Classic, like, classic, like, classic stuff. If he does that to me, I'm kicking him. <laughs> That, that poor black kid, man. I just felt it is. It's like a microcosm of what how America has treated black people in this country. It's like they give us the ball, say, "Hey, you can do this. You'll be successful," and they kick it right out of our hands. <laughs> it's like, and oh, it's, well, you messed up, kid. It's your fault. Not I, not my fault for kicking it yeah, out of your right. hands. Yeah, man. But and that I mean that's like me going into like my, my <laughs> uh, woke woke side right there, but. <laughs> In reality, it was a fantastic heel move by <laughs> yeah. uh, Ted DiBiase. And if I was that kid's mom, I don't, I couldn't see how a mom Dukes couldn't cuss him out right then and there. <laughs> like I'm surprised <laughs> she didn't cuss him out. Like, are uh, 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 you? Oh, oh, you gonna kick the ball out my son's hands, my my baby's hands? Are you for real? It would have been on. I don't. Uh, she she is nice. <laughs> was she even she, uh, there? Like I don't. I remember they sh- when they took him off the stage. They showed him walking off the stage. See, that's I'm pretty thing. sure I, his I mom was right there. I, I don't remember watching the whole vignette. Oh I, man, I, I, I I'd seen it before, but it's been like so long that I watched the entire vignette because I did. I think they're on YouTube even. Like I, I remember watching a lot of these in their full uh, vignette, but um, the first time I ever saw it was this show and when they were just showing like those clips. So classic that, stuff. That's that- the, that's what I remember the most. He made a person kiss his feet for money who one of those people turned out to be Rob Van Dam. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like wild stuff. It's just wow. like, this is a wild. Ted DiBiase was a great heel back in the day. He really was. He really uh, was. He's kind of a heel today to, because his son <laughs> and his ministry is involved in that uh, welfare scandal in Mississippi where there's embezzling mm. money uh, in, in that. And one of the poorest states in the union, they're taking money out of the welfare fund. How terrible is that? Mm. But. Probably why he wasn't he, at Survivor Series. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, it, it was reported earlier this year, but still, just right. awful. If, I don't know if Ted DiBiase himself, I mean, he probably did. I don't know. But it's really surrounding his son, Brett DiBiase. Yeah. Uh, just awful stuff. Come on, man. One of the poorest states in the damn union. They're going to take money out of the welfare fund. of people who actually need that money, that's a damn shame. Mm. I hope all those people are in jail right now. But um, I'm with you. But, again, Deb- DiBiase, the million dollar man, is a character. Great heel. Uh, they also talked about him hiring the manager, not the manager, the referee, and yeah. <laughs> paying for his plastic surgery 
So you can screw over Hulk yeah. Hogan at the Dude. Saturday Night's main event. Man, how confused was I? I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? The Ultimate Warriors champion. <laughs> you know, five years old. I'm not understanding that there was a champion before the Ultimate Warrior. So I'm like so confused uh-huh. to why they're showing Hogan. And then there the two go. referees. So like I loved, I loved reliving this part how, of uh, the show. How classic of an angle is the plastic surgeon referee? <laughs> yeah. Like in reality, of course, it's it was Earl Hebner because uh, was it who was the other Hebner? Dave. Dave Hebner. He was there yeah. first. Dave Hebner. Yeah. And Earl came second. Mm-hmm. Um. But so in reality, it's just they were twins, you know. They, <laughs> but in the story, which is just like only in this probably will only work in 1989 or 88, whenever it happened, right? It was 88 because yeah. it went into 89 with WrestleMania believe, four. Yeah. So no, 88, right? Damn, yeah. that was yeah, yeah, because that went into WrestleMania four. Mm-hmm. So it's WrestleMania like Fe- five Fe- was in 1989. Yeah, so Fe- yeah. February 88 around that time. That was like that big, that the very first, the main event. How about that? Wow. I thought it was Saturday Night's main event, but you're right. It was the main mm-hmm. event. Mm-hmm. But how classic of an angle was that? Like, it could only work yeah. in the late 80s, I should say. Yeah. Because today, we will, everybody would know that Hebner had a twin already. Like, they would have already seen this twin referee on the Independence or on another promotion right. somewhere. People would have already known that. And I think people would have cracked on it. It's like, what? Really? Plastic surgery? What? Like, yeah, that's not exactly. how. That's not how plastic surgery works. You can't just make them look like somebody else. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, um, what is this face off? Like, what? What yeah. is this? Yeah, absolute classic. I loved it. I I relived it for the very first time. Even before the WWE Network, I had actually ordered like a Saturday Night's Main Event collection, and it had like the main event in it. Um, from like a tape trader or whatever. And I remember that was one of the shows I watched first because I had heard about it, but I've never seen it. And that was before YouTube was real big. Uh, there, there weren't like shows on YouTube. There weren't even like clips of wrestling on YouTube that much. So watching that show like from start to finish was like awesome. I was like, wow, like this is the first time I'm watching it. And it, it really was one of the coolest wrestling angles in the 80s, if not uh, of all time. That's a brilliant angle for that time period, at least. Cause I think again yeah. today, I think it would get laughed at and mocked. But back then, I'm assuming people didn't know that much about plastic surgery. They're just like, you could change someone's whole face, <laughs> like <laughs> make it look like somebody else. And of course, because it was the '80s and people didn't know that Dave Hebner had a twin, so it just worked perfectly. It was, and of course, DiBiase would buy his way to the title. It was just, yeah, it was just fantastic stuff. And and while Gene Oakland was talking about it. You could just hear t- uh, Ted DiBiase just laughing maniacally at all the <laughs> stuff he did. So proud of himself. It was so great. I thought it was hilarious. One of the greatest. Uh, like, I probably could not have become a wrestling fan at a better time to get lost in like that world. You know, like to to really think that this stuff was happening in real life and just you know be in that bubble and just think that. Oh well, I hope he gets his type of thing, and it was great. I loved it. It's so wild, like it's so like even to this day, it's still one of the wildest, hilarious angles in WWE in wrestling history. In wrestling history, it's hysterical that he paid for someone to change their whole face. <laughs> like, <laughs> how crazy is that? Change the whole face? <laughs> you imagine taking money. 
<laughs> to get your whole face changed to look like to look like a Hebner. <laughs> Not like look like the sexiest man on the planet. No, I'm gonna look like uh, Dave Hebner because he paid me untold amounts of money. That's well, wild stuff. He is the better Hebner, so I can buy that. Okay, I'm not going. We're not going to get into. <laughs> We're all this, sucks. Uh, here we go. We switch from Ted DiBiase's interview to now Sean Mooney, who's a great great interviewer back in the day. Oh, man, uh, better than Todd Pettengill. Nah. Um, he's interviewing the Warrior, who of course is a WWE champion. He's got the black strap, no like yeah. purple or white or yellow, just a black strap. Um. But I wrote down that this is probably one of the best promos I've ever heard from the Ultimate Warrior. It is. It's a sleeper. And like he wasn't going crazy and things he ma- said made sense. Like you can't <laughs> buy your way into this, you can't buy your way into that. There's no yeah. amount of money that can you know, how much are you willing to My pay? My favorite. My favorite. Bank rolls do not build biceps. Love it. I mean they can if you got money for steroids. <laughs> 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 they gotta can that, actually, but that was a great line. You had the alliteration. No, it was and everything. <laughs> I don't know if somebody wrote that for him or if he came oh, up with absolutely. it himself. Oh, I doubt he wrote it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, back it's still back in the you know it's nineteen ninety. They didn't you know they didn't have writers yet just yet. But maybe Shaw Mooney wrote it for him. Maybe I don't know. Either way, I thought it was a really dope promo from Ultimate yeah, Warrior. It I made agree. sense, you know, given who he's talking about and. I can actually hear what he's saying. He's not just incoherent and yelling. Yep. Uh, I was like, damn, this is this I, probably, like I said, the best promo I've ever heard from uh from from Warrior. One of my favorite moments of this is when he puts his arms in the air and he's like, the blood flowing through these veins, and then you see you all you see is the microphone held by Sean Mooney's hand, and you see it move like all the way up up the top. Because oh yeah, he's got he's got to reposition the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was I paid attention more to that than the actual interview because I thought it was hilarious. I saw the microphone move like a million times, and Sean Mooney trying to you know do his best to be professional at that time because you know, he was just moving it and it just made me laugh. Sean Mooney's was 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 a beast, bro. He was nice. Yeah, he was good. He's professional. Moving that microphone around real quick. We didn't even miss a word of what the warrior was he saying. He did not. He did not. We didn't even miss a syllable of what he was saying. We got everything because Sean Mooney was moving that microphone around all fast. It was, man, look, he knew what he knew what he was doing. <laughs> he knew exactly what he was doing. Um, we cut to to the actual show now in the arena, but then we see Vince McMahon and Roddy Piper who are calling the action. Clearly in front of a green screen. They are not in the arena. <laughs> okay, they were I mean, not I, in the arena, at least tell. calling this live. They, I could you not know, tell. This aired after the fact, like I said earlier. So they were in, I guess, WWE's television studios in front of a green screen, pretending that they were actually in the arena. So very obviously a green screen, though. That's the funny part about this. And I wrote down in this opening that Roddy Piper made a Roseanne joke. Which, <laughs> like, damn! He's sitting there eating like these this, these turkey legs, and making uh, a mess. And he's like, "If I have another bite of this, I'll look like Roseanne Barr." And I didn't know who the hell that was, so <laughs> I was like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah, I don't care." And uh, it it was like, uh, obviously, I could tell it's a green screen now, but man, back then I was like, well, so hype, 
hyped up. I was like, yeah, they're there. It's after Thanksgiving. It made me want to go get you know turkey, left some leftover turkey, uh, but I did not because my mom. You, you didn't let have me. an HDTV back in the day, so you no. couldn't tell no. fully that it was right, right, <laughs> a green exactly. screen. Exactly. <laughs> I got HD on my computer, and I can tell like, oh yeah, that's a green screen, pal. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, it was. Uh, and w- what's funny is, I don't think they mentioned Survivor Series, but once the whole show, they didn't. Yeah, I think I don't remember it mentioned being mentioned much neither. Yeah, that's, they could. I guess they couldn't because they taped the show and they taped. Right. I guess the commentary before Survivor Series happened. Right, which is just kind of crazy to think about nowadays. Like how that's like we we know these things now, and we can put into place in our using our own knowledge of when they must have done this and put this stuff together. So they don't even mention... They, the word Survivor Series only happened, I think, once in like a promo later in the show by a wrestler. But that you know Vince never said the name Survivor Series. Roddy Piper never said Survivor Series. Nobody did. And it's just... It's funny to think about because it, it aired the day after. And I remember thinking it was kind of weird, like, oh, aren't they going to talk about what happened at the pay-per-view? You know, as, even as a five-year-old, I, I thought at least, you know, we would get some of that. But, you know, they didn't mention it at all. Well, that makes sense. And, and, and they could have probably done something like maybe show some highlights, something like that. But Or not really show highlights because they didn't want to give away any footage because the pay-per-view, yeah. you know, it's obviously a massive thing back then. Um, so maybe they, they, they could have, like, I don't know, they maybe could have spliced something in there. It was but like no, no mention of Hogan either. It was crazy. <laughs> <clears throat> Nothing. It was, like I said, maybe one time they mentioned it, and that was about it. Um, so now we get into the match. The opening match on this uh, telecast, at least. My favorite part is when Ultimate Warrior's music hits. And you see... Well, his music hit because he is putting up the WWE Championship. He's defending yes. the WWE Championship in the opening match against Ted DiBiase. And it's like, okay, well, I guess they put this on first so they can put the, well, I guess the, the tag title match is technically a dark match, right? Yeah, it's supposed because to air, it I think, on another show. Because it didn't air. No, it was going to air on, it, it probably would have aired on this night, but um, right. I think they just, maybe they added another match after it to kind of, for timing purposes, or maybe it's just like kind of like a three-hour event and they just edit, edit it down to like a few matches. I don't know. Yeah, that probably would have been the main event. Yeah. Uh, of this here thing because it wasn't like uh, outside the realm of possibility that the tag titles or the or tag match would be in the main event well, and like a warrior match with a t- championship would go on like in the middle so he can get out of there you know <laughs> well these uh even the main event and saturday night's main event would always have that top match first they were like mm-hmm. i guess want to draw that audience and they would try to keep them through the end. They they wouldn't have like that title match at the end. So well, yeah, they. Would, I think the tag title match probably would have been at the end. To me, ideally, you would put it in the main event so you can keep people watching. Like, oh, I, I want to see Warrior. I got to stick around and see, watch Warrior the yeah. whole time. Yeah. I think it's more because they were shooting these during these live events, and the championship, the WWF championship, at least, would go on sometimes in the middle. So I guess they didn't work around that and put it at the end or whatever. I don't know, but. Um, but you bring up a good point that it was always kind of at the beginning. But here we are, WWE Championship right off the top. And I wrote down that this match was actually very, very good. Like, I really enjoyed this match. And maybe because both guys were over. Uh, they really loved Ultimate Warrior. They really hated Ted DiBiase. Uh, but there was just, like, just good stuff happening in this match. And I guess 
you know, DiBiase was a big part of that, obviously, because he could work. Uh, Warrior, I mean, he did what he could. You know, he was never perfect. You know, no pun intended to Mr. Perfect. But uh, I, I don't know about you, but this was probably my favorite match in the show. I thought it was excellent, actually, for at least for this time period. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I knew that there was a chance, like as a kid, you know, watching it live, and I'm putting myself back not only in that mindset from what I remember watching it live, but also uh, as an adult now. I, it looked like DiBiase had a chance. You know, he had Virgil on the outside. He, You know, it was like, could he actually, you know, nefariously come away with the title and do that stuff? So I was into it. Uh, you know, didn't really understand, like, the warrior was invincible. I just knew he was, like, a bad guy. But, uh... <laughs> And uh, so, I don't know. I just I thought there was an actual chance that the Ultimate Warrior could lose, so I was like all into it. And uh, Virgil getting involved, and I don't know. It, it was one of Warrior's better matches for sure, especially in 1990, where it was you know for me I hated you know the Macho King, and then when him coming out, that was my favorite part of the whole show. W- what happened even after this match. And before the next match, that was my favorite portion of what what was going on. Yeah, it was it was a lot going on, and like I said, they shot the angle at the end where uh, DiBiase gets disqualified. Virgil jumps in and and interferes in the match, so DiBiase disqualified. But then the Macho King Randy Savage comes down <laughs> with his scepter and starts beating the holy hell out of the Ultimate Warrior. I mean, he's jumping off the top rope. People are like standing in front of him while he's on the top rope. Yeah, going like, it. no, no. And he just jumps right over him <laughs> on the yeah, Ultimate Warrior. And, and that's why I never, I never understood. Like, even because I'm like, okay, that, that makes sense. He just jumped over them. And uh, you see, like, the same angle play out in the future. And it's just, you know, they won't jump over the guys. And I'm like, but Macho Man did it. You know, one of the first shows I ever watched. Like, what the hell? <laughs> It was such a cool like visual just to see like hey I'm not gonna let you stand in the way of me doing this and even knowing he was a bad guy I was just kind of like oh he's gonna get his I hope he does another one just so Ultimate Warrior kick his butt even more so it was it was one of the coolest things and Vince McMahon's commentary man he, he sold me on everything as a kid man like I gotta give him his props on especially on that attack like he made it seem like it was like the worst thing that could ever happen <laughs> speaking of Vince McMahon's commentary I wrote down that like I'm not surprised at all that his voice is like shot these days <laughs> because the way he called matches he would always use like oh yeah oh my god he's the he's the ultimate champion yeah. and he pretty much called the match that way this whole match time. in particular the whole that way the whole time yeah and that was like his because he was just yelling the whole time and like really grating on his voice, ah, yeah, and it's like that takes a toll. Like I can't even do that for like two minutes. I don't know how he did it for entire matches or entire shows. Damn near, he he was turned up all the time, and so like, you wonder why his voice is like. I mean, obviously yeah. he's older, so that's that's not going to help. But like, I don't think uh, the way he his announcing style helped either. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and this was like he even did it into like the mid 90s to late 90s but this was like what i remember vince mcmahon the most and me becoming a wrestling fan was commentary like this because he did that he even did it on like superstars when 
the snake bit Randy Savage, and he, he was in this element of how he called this match between Ted DiBiase and the Ultimate Warrior. Like that, that is what always resonated with me, and how I knew what I was watching was a big deal. Whereas if I watched like a squash match, and he was just saying he wasn't giving that. Um, it, enough emotion I was like oh well I don't have to care about this because Vince doesn't you know that's what was going <laughs> through my five year old head you know right well, that's fair he was definitely good at you know selling the major moments and that's what he was doing on this show with with this match right here with Macho Man coming in and even Sherry got a good choke in with yeah. the scepter I was like damn <laughs> Um, Sherry was was an animal, man. She didn't play she didn't play any games. And of course, Warrior and, and Savage, they eventually had a, the WrestleMania match, the retirement match at WrestleMania seven in early ninety one, obviously. Um so yeah, it was you know interesting to see it, you know, all playing out here in late October, uh and airing in, you know, late November. But like I said, I thought this the match itself though, uh probably one of the better warrior matches i've ever seen so the promo and the match it's like this was like top-notch warrior right here i can't even hate <laughs> yeah and so. it, it was good they probably it was like on nbc i think they said it started at 10 o'clock so like on the east coast it was like 10 p.m and getting that out of it i'm sure it was heav- heavily edited i even noticed you know in the beginning you know Ted DiBiase smiling at Ultimate Warrior doing the money sign or whatever. And then the next shot they have is Ultimate Warrior on the completely opposite side of the ring. Like, holding, <laughs> like looking at the title or holding the title. And it was just like, I'm like, well, that was weird, but I'm going to just forget that happened, you know? Uh, I just thought the angles were funny and how heavily edited that portion was. So I'm sure, like, a lot of this match was edited, but hey... Maybe. It, it, You're probably it, right about that. It came across great, and that's what yeah. matters. Yep. All I, all, I got, all I got is this. Like the, That's all I got. I was not there. <laughs> I was a wee child back then. I was only uh, barely even... I wasn't even two years old yet, so... <laughs> You weren't critiquing. Uh, you, you didn't give this any stars, like one or no, five no, stars. not yet. No, oh, I wasn't okay. handing out. I wasn't. I wasn't a mark just yet. Gotcha. Um, give it a couple more years, um, but... Uh, two things I noticed from this match also, when Warrior had Virgil up for the press slam and Macho Man came down and hit him with the scepter, and he had to <laughs> drop Virgil. He almost dropped Virgil right on his head. He did. He kicked him a little bit, but luckily Savage was in a position where you know he was able to get out of there. But yeah, that, I wonder. I wondered about that too. I was like, man, like what the that hell was Warrior calamity. Doing? Like, come on, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that was near calamity right there. <laughs> uh, and also after. They finally get Savage out of there. Warrior really is really selling it hard, this beating. And he should because, you know, it's wrestling. But he's, you know, it's very dramatic. Him trying really hard to get to his feet. Yeah. He finally (laughs) gets to his feet. Like, oh, he's a baby face. He's got to show that he's okay. He can't just lie there and be dead and get stretched out or something like that. He's got to stand up. But it takes him a while. And he finally gets to his feet. And he hoists up the belt because he's still the champion. Uh, and Vince goes, he's the ultimate <laughs> champion. It's like, all right, okay. I love it. I love You're going to take the belt off him in it. two months, bro. Like, it's all right. 
I love he it. lost at the Rumble, right? To, to, to yeah, Slaughter? He did. Yeah. But he's the ultimate champion. Oh, dude. I love it. He's about Kate, to be the ultimate loser. Gives, <laughs> well, that, that gave me goosebumps, man. Like him struggling no, it to didn't. get it. It gave me goosebumps, man. At, at five, maybe. <laughs> but it didn't give you goosebumps today. <laughs> I will, I'll admit, though, the people popped when he made it to his feet. Like, that was a big deal. It, it, the reason why he did it was for that pop. It made sense and, and it worked. I'm not gonna knock, you know, the the method to the madness, but it was pretty dramatic. And Vince, you know, Love going that. all in with the whole oh, the ultimate champion. Oh my god, he's so fantastic. He's just he he has this he's the spirit of the WWF. I was like, all right, man. Like, Look at that on. bulge. Oh my god, <laughs> he was pretty much like. A second away from saying that, like just admiring that, his physique. That, Look that at those was, traps. Look at those biceps. Was, uh, He's so vascular. That was the part they probably edited out. Oh post, yeah, yeah, after post, the fact, post production. <laughs> Look at those veins. So veiny, vascular. Yeah, that that was that took a weird turn. Let's move on <laughs> to <laughs> Nikolai Volkov and Sergeant Slaughter. Oh, Two man. people. I actually had the pleasure of interviewing in person Nikolai Volkov. I interviewed Volkov at WrestleMania 31 in 2015. And I guess it was later that year. Um, and later oh, 2015, yeah, De- I December. think. Yeah, the Army-Navy game, right? Right, yeah. Sergeant Slaughter was in town for the Army-Navy game. He was in town for the Army-Navy game. Uh, he, then he went to the... Cause he, the actually, this was the, the show. WWE had a show in Philly. It was Raw in Philly. Uh, and it's yeah, funny because the WWE, <laughs> the WWE Championship just changed hands on Raw last week, and the last time that happened was in Philly in 2015 when Roman Reigns beat Sheamus for the title. Mm-hmm. So that show, Sergeant Slaughter was here, I guess, ahead of time to promote the show, and he was at the Army Navy game and like you know because he's Sergeant Slaughter, he was at the festivities for that. I, I I saw him at Infinity Live. I think you saw him down there too, right? Yep. So you he's at Infinity Live and. You know, I took a picture with him with a WWE champion. He, he had a, like a replica yeah. WWE title for some reason with him. And I took a picture. <laughs> I still got that picture on my Facebook somewhere. Yeah, I um, as well. Yep. And then the next day, that was a Saturday, I believe. Yeah. Because then the next day, he was at the Eagles game. That's and right. there was a That's classic right. picture of him with Vinny, putting Vinnie Curry in the Cobra Clutch. <laughs> and I remember we got a, I got a hold of that picture. I'm not sure if it was an AP photo or if it was an Inquirer photo. I remember putting the photo up on our Twitter, on Philly.com's Twitter, and saying that Vinny Curry was not questionable because of uh, <laughs> he got put in the camel clutch <laughs> for the game. <laughs> That's probably one of your best tweets ever. He's it now, was, yeah, I was super proud of that. Don't he, please believe me. He's now questionable. That's that's classic. Yeah, I gotta find that tweet because it was really funny. Um, and then, of course, Monday uh, was Raw. Um, you know when Roman yeah, Reigns we were, beat. We were at that as well. Yep, it was a busy weekend, bro. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> like a real busy weekend. Um, so yeah, so Saturday, Sunday, and then uh, Monday. I'm gonna look for that tweet right now. It was from 2015. Um, was I found it. <laughs> <laughs> David, my my guy, David Myletti, uh, from the Enquirer, took this picture, and <laughs> Vinny's got his. Got his tongue out and <laughs> he's stupid. 
But I put Eagles Vinny Curry as doubtful after being put in the Cobra Clutch by Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> Period. <laughs> so uh, did it yeah, did it through Sprout Social? Sprout Social. Yeah. What a time. Mm-hmm. What a time. That Make sure I put his, his David Mylady's hand on there. You did, yes. I just pulled it up. It's at the at Philly Sport on yep. uh, Twitter. In case uh, you guys want to go check it out, it's it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that that was all me. That was definitely all me. Um, for apparently, I just looked on Twitter. Booker T is trending because uh, uh, an artist, uh, I guess, a, a, you know, a Latin artist, named one of their songs Booker T. On, on the album <laughs> interesting so that's kind of funny um <laughs> yeah oh bad bunny that's not not just any artist it's bad bunny <laughs> like it's like the biggest artist i didn't know it was bad bunny i just saw that it was a uh, it's spanish and i didn't know who it was but bad bunny has a song on his album called book of t so we'll see how that goes um <laughs> I'm sure it'll be interesting. <laughs> um, back to the main event. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter, uh, he was a nice guy back in 2015, but he was a Iraqi sympathizer a here in 1990. <laughs> right, he's he not about America at this point, and he cut the promo talking about how soft America was. He came out, and Volkov is waving the flag. He's all about America, and Sergeant Slaughter says, "You know what?" Oh, you want to wave your flag, huh? Well, eat this. Pow! Punched him in the back of the head and started hitting him with this little weapon he had. And he was beating the hell out of Volkov. Like, <laughs> like it was just like merciless, just clobbering him with this weapon he had. And until, you know, that, that went on until Jim Duggan came out with a 2 by 4 and Slaughter ran off before Duggan can get to him. So, there was that. Yeah, a good, nice uh, way to build your number one contender. I don't, I'm not even sure he was the number one contender at this point, but uh, he hadn't even started wearing that Iraqi head uh, gear that uh, he started using probably right after this, actually. Because uh, if I remember correctly, and when we did the deep dive in the SummerSlam 90, that was really, I think, when Sergeant Slaughter came back as that heel that, but he wasn't like fully an Iraqi th- sympathizer yet. He was just like anti-America. And then as the months went on, like he at the Survivor Series ninety, he painted his face and everything had the Iraqi flag and all that. And that's when like it was really he was the Iraqi sympathizer, Sergeant Slaughter. So this being filmed about a, a year prior, that was a year prior. I meant a month prior. Uh, <laughs> It, it was just, it was funny to see like one night was that and then the other, the next night he wasn't like that same guy. It was just weird, and it's weird like how it progressed to January to when he actually won the title. So it was just weird. Sergeant Slaughter was always weird to me. <laughs> Why was it always as, weird as to a you? kid? As a kid, like not. Oh, okay. Like, he's cool now. Like maybe, he's cool now. Ma- maybe. He called me a maggot at WrestleMania 30 in, in, <laughs> in, in, in 2014. I was like so proud. I was like, wow. Because this is when, and I think I've said this before in the podcast, but like, I don't really remember it happening at WrestleMania 29, but at WrestleMania 30, they would just, for whatever reason, WWE's PR would just bring a legend through and like shake people's hands. I don't know why. And that year it was Sergeant Slaughter. And I was like, oh, nice to meet you. He's like, Eddie, Eddie is maggot. I was like, all right, thank you, sir. And sat down. Um, 
And the next year, of course, was Bob Backlund. And that's when I got the great photo with me and Bob Backlund in the press box at WrestleMania and him with the missing tooth and all that. So <laughs> I got a lot of history with Sergeant Slaughter for some reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Not happy with your NFL picks or fantasy lineup? Luckily, we have you covered. Follow Fox Sports The Gambler for its Sunday service. This is what we needed. Our sports wagering wizard, Mark Drumheller, fantasy guru, Tony Jigsaw Catillo, and Eagles insider, Victor Williams, serve up a Sunday feast. That's what you do. Of winning players, picks, and everything you need to start your work week off on the right foot. Always tune into Fox Sports The Gambler on the iHeartRadio app or 1025FM. Moving on, though, to the next match here at the main event. Mr. Perfect versus the Big Boss Man from Cobb County, Georgia. And the whole angle, apparently, to this match was that Bobby Heenan, who was... Mr. Perfect's manager at this point apparently made fun of Big Boss Man's mom. He insulted his mom. He made some mama jokes at some point, and Big Boss Man took high offense to this, as anybody naturally would, mm-hmm. and got a match with Mr. Perfect out of it. <laughs> and but Mr. But Heenan was apparently so afraid of Big Boss Man that he was not at ringside at first for this match. He did not start out the match at the ring because he was so scared of Big Boss Man. I love it. The storytelling is incredible. It's so it's so silly. For one, first let me get into Mr. Perfect though, because if you want to see, I know people have said all over the years, oh, Mr. Perfect was fantastic at bumping. He's a great bumper. This is the match that you need to see to like for hard evidence of Mr. Perfect bumping his ass off. Um, first before he bumps, before he takes one bump though, I gotta say when he walked into the ring and tossed a towel to the ref. Perfect. No pun intended. But it was perfect. Like, it was just yeah. like, he tossed it, ref caught it. Like, it, ref could have easily dropped it, could have went <laughs> over the ref's head. Bam, right in the ref's hand. Like, it was nothing. It was like they had practiced it. I, they, they didn't practice it, I'm sure. Like, how could he toss a towel so perfectly? That's hard to do. It is. It is. And <laughs> I wrote down that Marks would have loved Mr. Perfect today. He, there was no, he wouldn't have been the heel for like, for, for like two months. Right, yeah, because the marks would have been cheering him in no time. A hundred percent. Twenty twenty, Mister a Mister Perfect character could not uh, survive without with with being like the heel that he was. You know, like it, it's almost like I don't want to compare him to anyone today, but it's almost like an MJF who who tries so hard to be a heel that people love it, and it's just because we know too much about the wrestling industry nowadays. But in nineteen ninety. It would have been perfect. Like that would have fit right in with, oh, uh, like how now it's like heels have to really try and figure out what can actually get them booed, and it's getting harder and harder and harder. Honestly, so yeah, because if you're like a straight general. up heel like an MJF, the people will eventually appreciate what you do because you're you're so committed. So they'll right. start liking you because you're so committed. That's what MJF. That's what happens with MJF right now. He's on Twitter. And he's yeah. <laughs> clapping at people, clapping back at people left and right. People are like, yeah, go MJF. It's like, no, he's supposed to be the bad guy. He's supposed to dislike it. <laughs> like, but that's just how it is. You know, that's just where we are with wrestling in 2020. But then when Baron Corbin, you know, tries it to stay heel, <laughs> people are like, wow, he's just a really bad person. It's like, well, no, <laughs> yeah. no, not really. Like, don't, don't, 
they take it too far. They're like, oh, how can he say that? It's like, relax. Because like, there are people in the wrestling injuries industry that do want to get be in character more than just on TV. They want to like their social media to be in character. And sometimes they go too far. Sometimes it, it, they just... They're, they're a completely different character, but Baron Corbin, like I, I like him because he's also one of those that he tries the part, you know, and he just does, he doesn't get the respect because he, I guess, people just like MJF more because where he coming up in the Indies, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> no, and, but also MJF is really good at what he does. This, you know, yeah, he's so, really, I mean, he's Corbin that's is why too. people he appreciate because he's really good at it. Corbin cracks me up too, but in a different way, and it should just be the same. But it's not. <clears throat> he cra- he's better on Twitter than he is on TV because on TV WWE, well, yeah, they yeah. ham hamstring everybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but Mister Perfect though would be a heel for like five minutes in 2020 <laughs> before people started cheering him. Um. Who I don't think would be a babyface in 2020 is Big Boss Man, though. <laughs> because who's going to root for the police in 2020? Who's going to root for the Pope? I mean, I'm sure some people out there would. You know, those those Blue Lives Matter people. Mm-hmm. But for people like me, he ain't going to be no babyface with me. <laughs> for, for mama jokes, I mean, you're going to have to do a little more to get me to get behind you because you're just mad about mama jokes. Sorry. Right. Maybe your mama is ugly. We don't know that. We've never seen her. Maybe you're telling the truth. <laughs> but no, 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 I don't. I don't think Big Boss Man would be a widely you say widely celebrated and widely like appreciated well, yeah. babyface because he's a cop. Yeah, <laughs> like he's a CEO. So think back to 1992 when they introduced nails and everything, and how nails kept saying, you know, he was abused by the boss man, and they never. They never honestly address that. They're just like, oh, he's right. just lying. Like, why don't you be like, no, this is come up with like a backstory and be like, Nails is lying. This is what happened. I didn't, you know, treat him badly in jail, and he's just <laughs> angry. He's just trying to get revenge because I put him away for a good reason. They never tried to explain that. All they did was Nails came out, said, you know, Bell's uh, boss man. Uh, abused me in jail, and now I'm going to get back. He brutalized me. So, I'm brutal- a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, well, then I might want to root for nails because a cop shouldn't, <laughs> you know, do that stuff. So what the hell? Right. And they never, unless I completely missed it, but in 1992, that would be hard for me to do. Uh, you know, they just never kind of explained that, no, boss man's a good cop, not a bad cop. <laughs> One of the good ones. One of the good apples. Yeah. I guess we were just supposed to buy it. But well, no, yeah. no, it's it's wrestling. You you explain. explain. People didn't know police brutality existed, and they still don't deny. They still deny it. Some of them, but yeah. people didn't wake up to that fact until this year. <laughs> Honestly, until George <laughs> yeah. Floyd. Unfortunately, yeah, a true. lot of people out there who don't didn't necessarily deny it, but they just ignored it for a long yeah. time. Yeah, and especially in ninety in the early nineties into ninety two, mm. we're talking Rodney King year ninety two, yeah. and people still was like ah whatever. But it woke some people up this year, but there's still a lot of people out there who are like, oh, just obey the law. You'll be fine. I was like, okay, buddy. Yeah, exactly. So, <clears throat> okay, pal. <laughs> um, I'll, The actual match itself, again, like I mentioned earlier, Mr. Perfect. If you want to see a match where Mr. Perfect is putting on an exhibition and bumping, this is the one to watch. Because he got tossed into that exposed turnbuckle. 
Oh no! It wasn't even exposure. He just got tossed into a turnbuckle, back first. He just got you know Irish whipped into a turnbuckle. He came out, hit the turnbuckle, and did a front flip on the way out, like like, <laughs> like boom, front flip. Then Big Boss Man like tossed him on the ground, and somehow Perfect slid all the way into the the ring post and hurt yeah. his you know genitalia. Like I don't know how he's just doing this stuff. Yeah. Then. The bump of all bumps was when he got put in, hit headfirst into the un- exposed turnbuckle, and he does this wild like somersault. Like it was absurd yet hilarious at the same time. Isn't that and like, I remember did you use a gif for, for a tweet? Out, bro. I was just getting ready to say it. That was the gif I used a couple years ago, <laughs> and the tweet actually went like kind of viral. Looky viral, did. pat myself in the back. It did, but it was about like. Uh, I think it was the Celtics and the Wizards yeah. in the playoffs, something like that. And yeah. somebody got into a shoving match, and I put like, "Oh, this person, this is how they, this is how they <laughs> fell when they got shoved or whatever." Yeah, yeah it was, uh, they flopped or something. <laughs> yeah, and I always thought that was Texas Tornado or Warrior who did that, but no, if it's Big Boss Man that did that, <laughs> and he just went flying, like, like it was just, just an absurd bump. It doesn't even make sense when <laughs> flop like that. But it happened, and it was fantastic. I I loved every second of it. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I do remember so, that. What was it? Uh, man, it had like eight hundred retweets in like an hour. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. Like I remember, I remember that. I, I I don't remember the exact numbers, but it definitely picked up some steam pretty quick. So it's the second yeah. tweet of mine we're talking about on the show. <laughs> Wrestle, a lot of r- great uh, wrestling related uh, viral tweets uh, that we have that we, we can even, you know, relate it to pro sports or even politics or, or something. That's great. Oh, yeah. That's wrestling, wrestling. Is, uh, wrestling is great for pretty much anything. <laughs> you yeah. can put it to anything. Especially um, this era. This era, I think, has a lot more uh, meme capabilities than current day. So. I would agree with that. It, it, it does seem like there's, there's more moments that stood out yeah. than today. I mean, obviously today, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, a lot of more gifable, memorable. Because some <laughs> stuff was just so absurd and so ridiculous. Like, that bump <laughs> from Perfect was just ridiculous. I mean, come on. It's just stupid. But funny at the same time. Uh, also funny was Bobby Heenan, who finally comes to ringside after... Bossman has been tossed himself, been tossed into the exposed turnbuckle by Mr. Perfect. Uh, he's out there. Now he's giving his moral support for Mr. Perfect. Uh, Perfect has the perfect plets. Big Bossman kicks out of it. Yeah. He, Somehow he, in the midst he, of all this. He kicks out and stands up. He kicks out and stands up. What the hell? Come on, Ray. Yeah, that's wild. That was like, <laughs> I don't know if anybody had kicked out of it before that. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe Texas Tornado, but that was... Maybe it because he had won the Intercontinental title from him, but by this point, Mister Perfect was still was the Intercontinental champion again. So that was really the only one I think that might have been capable of kicking out, or maybe the Ultimate Warrior oh, at Summer uh, Survivor Series. The Ultimate Warrior kicked out of it. That's oh, what I, that's what I'm thinking go. of. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Well, Survivor Series hadn't happened yet by this match by this true, night. True. True. Technically, absolutely true. So, so there you go. But at some point. Heenan slaps Bossman in the face. Bossman chases after Heenan, uh, but does not get back in the ring in time and gets his stupid ass counted out. 
because he wanted to beat up Robbie Heenan. Uh, so Mr. Perfect wins the match. After the match, though, Heenan is still on the run. He runs into Gene Oakland and is just begging him to help him get away from Big Boss Man. He, I was just I wrote here. Heenan was just so fantastic when he was like in a manic state. Yeah. He's like he doesn't skip a beat. He's talking. He's breathing heavy. He doesn't st- stutter or stammer. He's just going and going, and he's like, I need help. I need this. I need that. Please help me. Please. And he's just going crazy, and I was like, this is, Bobby Heenan was the best. Literally the best. <laughs> it's like, if you're trying to get away from Boss Man, why are you stopping here? Right. What <laughs> is Gene Oakland going to do? <laughs> like, oh, Gene Oakland's thinking about his next cocktail at the bar after the show. <laughs> yes. and he, he's, gonna, he's not going to help you. Uh, classic. You know? No disrespect it. to Gene Oakland. He just he liked to have a have a drink or two after the show. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. I'm sure. Nothing wrong with that. I would have I would have done the same thing. <laughs> so, uh, moving on though, we're moving on now to something I never knew even existed. <laughs> I never heard of this. I had never. There's another hinted to me of this. <clears throat> But this is easily something we got to talk about. The most <laughs> talked about thing we got the most the thing we got to talk about the most on this show <laughs> is the blow away diet plan featuring Playboy Buddy Rose, <laughs> who I didn't even know was in WWF in 1990. Yeah, I don't even remember seeing him like in action. <laughs> But in the middle of this show, out of just complete left field, there's like a faux infomercial with Playboy Buddy Rose where he is very portly. Let's just say that. (laughs) He's a big man. I I, I don't remember him being that big in AWA, but here he was, and he was pretty big. Belly was was hanging out. And he's in underwear tidy whities for this infomercial where he's advertising the blow away diet plan he's like they're pretty much saying you can eat whatever you want because if you just pour this powder all over you and the visual is you know buddy rose trying to eat you know eating all this stuff and then to lose the weight he he in his underwear, no shirt, no pants, sitting in a chair and pours just a bunch of white powder all over himself. White powder, huh? Uh, look, I ain't going <laughs> to speculate that's what that actually was. All right. But it was a white substance. Okay. And, it, and, and you lose weight with this blow away diet by pouring the powder all over yourself. So, again, the visual is Buddy Rose sitting in his chair practically naked pouring flour all over himself as a disturbing visual and then you blow away the, the the fat by turning on the fan and it's it's gone and they did a before and after of buddy rose standing there with the side profile and of course nothing had changed <laughs> so <laughs> which is kind of funny there there, there i want to there's a funny story about this that exact thing you just said where he was you know there was a side view of him and then they do show like a before where he looks miserable and then the after where he's smiling but nothing changed <laughs> i literally rewound it as a kid not not a five-year-old this was like later on because they actually re-aired this 
during the Slammy Awards in 1996 for whatever reason, but it was <laughs> it was on my VHS, and I remember putting my finger on the screen on the TV to try and see if it really made him thinner. Because I I mean I I, don't, I was like, am I missing something? Like what the hell's going on? And hilariously, my 11 year old self used my finger to put it on the TV to see if he actually got thinner because I was just like, what is this? And yeah, that was 11 year old me. (laughs) Like I literally didn't know what the hell this was. I didn't even know Playboy Buddy Rose was a thing at that point. I didn't know what the hell this was doing airing in 1996. I was like, this kind of looks old. Like what the hell? And it's such a weird thing to have on the Slammy Awards to begin with. So yeah, that's what I did. I did a little test, the naked eye test and, uh, yeah, nothing changed. You're right. <laughs> the naked eye test. He was already naked, Nick. <laughs> Damn near. Well, I'm telling I, you. I just put my I finger was just up. sitting there watching this yeah. like, what <laughs> is going on here? And it wasn't like WWF was known to do like comedic sketches no. or like fake infomercials at this point. Like, Not at all. Not that I can remember. I mean, I didn't know this happened. So maybe there's some out there that I don't remember. I mean, if anything, they probably would have. They wouldn't have been on the pay per views, and they they wouldn't have been. Pro- they probably wouldn't have been on superstars, but maybe on like primetime wrestling or something like that, where yeah. it wasn't. But that's all I could think of because yeah, I never saw this stuff that uh, this much. This was on a main event for a national television viewing <laughs> yeah, audience. To NBC. See. <laughs> okay. NBC. I. I was just I don't know and then they astonished the, 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 the visual of him when they show like talk about your butt <laughs> and he's bent over <laughs> that's really good <clears throat> what is what when you can see he's tidy whitey's on bro he's measuring it oh my god I'm just glad there wasn't any stains back there yeah, yeah I mean if there was I'm sure they uh, gave him a new pair but Oh man! I'm sure they were very stocked and ready for anything. Rest in peace, of Buddy Rose. He passed away in 2009, unfortunately. But this was bizarre. It, it I, was, and you had like the infomercial type thing you talked about, where they had the phone number, and it was like one five hundred L A R D A S S. So they, it's like wait, lard ass, lard ass, like. Oh, Wait, this is WWF God. in 1990, and there's right. they have ass on the screen. Like what? That they and were they, that was their way of getting around it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they have like the Visa and Mastercard logos, but they changed the first letter of each, so it was Visa and Mastercard. <laughs> wow. So that, just, yeah, they did everything they could to get away with this. It was just a really awkward. Apparently, he had resigned with WWE at, a, at that time, and apparently, he was wrestling on like shows but he i don't remember him wrestling at all honestly so how you not i had, i had no recollection that he was in wwf at this point i knew he was in AWA in the 80s but I, <laughs> how did this get so how did this look through the cracks of like the internet <laughs> to the i can, i've never even heard of this and like i've never seen it i've never heard of the blow away diet so, featuring starring playboy buddy rose so when this came up with you watching it for this podcast when it came up like what did you do 
Did you have to like I gather yourself and rewatch yeah. it? Yeah, or I was just, I've watched it twice. It's weird because I did watch it twice but just to make sure. I was like, <laughs> all right, for one, what is this? For two, did they say Buddy Rose? Like is that Playboy Buddy Rose? And I'm just like, what? What is this? Like, it just didn't make any sense. And like you, like I said earlier, this aired on national television, bro. This is on NBC prime time on a friday night night after thanksgiving this aired what the hell i i, I didn't get yeah, it yeah buddy rose he, he he tried his best to be make this funny i guess and make this uh memorable thing but what the hell <laughs> and what the hell were they doing re-airing it six years later at the slammy awards yeah, I, I haven't watched the Slammy Awards because so I don't know the context of where they played it, but it sounds like they played it out of left field again. Yeah. Just like with this. Yeah. The, the two times that this aired, it just didn't fit any anywhere at any nope. time. <laughs> like it's just... nope. And I remember because I, I, I taped the 96 Slammy Awards, but I wound up taping over it. So I don't have the VHS of that. I do have the VHS of the 97 Slammy Awards. And I remember... Mentioning it was either the '96 or '97 one, so then um, yeah, I researched it. It was definitely the 1996 uh, version. So very, very weird. You know, when the Slammy Awards were right before WrestleMania at that time, so it was like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart ready for an Iron Man match. Here's a Playboy <laughs> Buddy Rose blow blow away diet vignette. So weird. This very serious, never before seen match. You know, you're gonna get you ready for that by showing you. Buddy Rose and his tidy whities Ahmed Johnson was the new sensation of the squared circle that year. Here's Buddy new Rose. Sensation. Blow away diet. Yeah. All right. He's Weird. covered in flour. <laughs> oh, it's flour. Okay. Look, again, <laughs> not going to speculate on what that, what else that could have been. I'm going with flour or powder. I don't know. Not booger sugar though. Don't we're not putting that out there. <laughs> okay. So yeah. yeah, that was um that made me stop. <laughs> like it was just yeah. like Excuse me? What? It was Buddy Rose, put some clothes on, please. It it was uh it, just even thinking back to my, my early days of watching wrestling. And I don't even remember that. So, even the on the VHS I have now, if I event, if I ever am able to get it out of storage, uh, if I ever have a working VCR, like I don't know if I'll be able to play these. Like I don't know where to go to play all these tapes that I have. Um, I don't know how to like if I can even convert them because I don't have a VCR to. I mean, I have a VCR to DVD, but my VCR is busted, so I I have no idea what I'm going to do. But I just I don't remember this at all from 1990 and when it came up you know i was one of like i kind of laughed at it but then i was like oh this podcast might be a quick one because the show's not that long and you're like well i gotta talk about this buddy rose stuff (laughs) (laughs) i had to talk about it bro it was it was so that's what made it so weird it was just like out of nowhere and why it wasn't like they were even promoting a product literally like one five hundred lard ass. You gotta call that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. 
what the hell, man? I don't even, I don't even remember the uh, the number. I was just like oh, I just, typing I, up I pulled my thoughts. Up. I pulled it up. So <laughs> yeah, I was just it. typing up my thoughts as this is wrapping. I'm like, I can't believe what I just watched. <laughs> what what? I I don't I don't get it. I do not know. He might have been a good announcer, like a good heel announcer, but oh. I don't I don't know, bro. I got I got nothing. I'm, I'm assuming just, like, he was a heel. I'm assuming he was a heel. I don't know. I, I what? Based off this, I honestly couldn't tell you. Like, what, yeah, that's true. Like, that's that's true. Straight I, up dumbfounded. I'm still just shocked that I've never even heard of this. Not on like a podcast. No one's tweeted about it. You know how people tweet clips of stuff that happened in the past. And be like, what was this? I, do y'all remember this? Not once have I seen this, like, <laughs> or heard of it. This just this slipped through the cracks. This is like a hidden gem right here. <laughs> The Playboy Buddy Rose Blow Away Diet Plan. If you haven't seen it, it's on the WWE Network right now. You can look it up. The main event, the fourth main event, is on Saturday Night's main. Is under the Saturday Night's main event section on WWE Network, uh, November twenty third, nineteen ninety. Uh, you know, almost thirty years to the day. It, it does have its aired. own. It does have its own. You know, like timeline. You know, jump to so oh my just God. scroll down if you're on timestamp. Yeah, it has its own thing. <clears throat> right after Bobby Heenan <laughs> begging Gene Oakland to do something, <laughs> right? And it just it didn't like they didn't transition to it. Just cut right to it. Yeah. There was no like lead in. Like here's Playboy Buddy Rose. I'm gonna show you how to lose weight. Like nothing. It just went straight into it. And it's just I like just, I just wonder if what? they went to a commercial after the Heenan Oakland thing, and when they finally came back, that was the first thing they heard. That, that'd be wild. That was the case. Like, right. <laughs> you come back from like, am I watching the same show? Like, is this still, is this still the main event? Like, what is this? This is bizarre by 1990 standards. Yeah. Like, there's, I, you people probably was confused that that was the case. Like, they came back. It's like, what? Yeah. Somebody changed the channel. Like, what channel is this now? <laughs> what? What is this? What Q- is it? What infomercial? What is this? Like, Q- one of those infomercial channels now? Yeah. I was I was confused as hell, man. And I'm sure people. I'm, I would assume people were confused back in 1990 as well. But we got to move on because we could talk about this for way too long. Uh, Deep dive we'll into the Buddy to... Rose <laughs> blow away diet. Man, it's just too much. <laughs> All right, now let's transition out of Buddy Rose's butt and into the main event. Thank goodness. Thank goodness, right? Uh, our main event is the Strike Force. This is <laughs> yeah, the Strike Force. Where is Bobby? Where's Brian? I said Bobby. Where's Brian Isley when we need him? Right? Maybe because he's black and he's bald. I thought of Bobby Lashley. I don't know. You know, it's bald black brothers. We all look like. Well, not we all. I'm not bald. I'm far from it. Uh, but no, this is like far Brian Isley's is like. Far from it. Right, no, I got plenty of hair on my head, uh, too much. Um, but uh, this is like Brian Isley. This is like the match. If you ask Brian Isley what match he's looking forward to the most, this would have been it. Like, forget Warrior DiBiase. <laughs> looking forward to Tito Santana and Rick Martel, baby. I wonder. Strike Force. I wonder if Brian Isley's school, which side was the Rick Martel side and what side was the Tito Santana side. You know he was on the Tito Santana side. I they wonder if it was a, like they didn't have sides for this, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't care. <laughs> oh, yeah, this wasn't like the Warrior versus Hogan or anything like no that. No way. 
I hate to break it to you, Brian, but that wasn't you know that wasn't the case. <laughs> <clears throat> I didn't even know I these guys were tag team partners at the time when I saw this. Like I would just the model the Rick Rick Martel was always the model to me. Like that mm-hmm. uh watching the old shows, I was like, Oh, they were a tag team? What? <laughs> and Tito had that always had that dope theme music to you. Yeah. Yeah, I was rocking out again. Tito Santana's theme music, low key, was a bop. Like it, it was, was. It was like, like I think when people talk about like great theme music, I think Tito Santana's theme music should probably be in a conversation just because it was a, it was a bop. I was like, yeah, I was dancing to it every time I hear it. Like we do one of these shows, I'll just watch the show randomly, and Tito Santana is on it. I'm definitely like moving a little bit when his music plays. I thought it was dope. <laughs> um, now I think that. It was so weird, and yes, this was taped in October, but they also didn't make mention of Tito Santana being on in the grand finale match of survival at Survivor Series. Even no mention of that. It's like, come on. I was sitting there waiting for Tito to get his props because I'm like, hey, this is the day after Survivor Series. We're reacting to what happened last night, and nobody ever did. But hey, Tito Santana's here. He must be really good because he was teaming with the Warrior and Hogan, and there was no mention of it. Oh, I was so Sag. I was he so lost. annoyed as a as a five year old. I was so annoyed. I was like, "Wait, Tito's supposed to be like a really big guy, like a good big guy. Like, what the hell's going on they, here?" They just they just buried Tito Santana. <laughs> they just buried us. That's exactly what I said. I said, "Mom, I hate wrestling." They buried him. How can you? What the job for Rick Martel? Why would what for the model? Get out of here. Tito's over. <laughs> Tito's over. <laughs> He's over, baby. Uh, but he actually was. Um, for, well, before that, before I talk about how over Tito Santana was, I got to mention that Rick Martel, I love the way Rick Martel like kind of cheated with like throwing the thumb to the throat instead of like a hand and he would like tell the fans, no, I did it with the hand or I did yeah. it with the palm. Yeah. And it was very subtle, and he would do it away from the referee, and the referee would be like, hey, what are you doing? I can't see. And he's like, what What are you talking about? I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I just thought that was a subtle yet lost art that you don't see in wrestling anymore. Like, not at heels. all. Like, not at all. You know, it's just a little thing. That they, don't, they don't, it, it's like they miss the art of it. Like, yes, right. wrestling's an art, but you have to convince the viewer what they're watching is like, that they didn't see what they think they saw. And we don't see that anymore in 2020. It's like a lost art form. It's like, you know, I don't know. And a the, the lot less sleight of hand. Yeah. So to speak. But it's just like you can see him doing it. You can see him cheating, but the referee can't. So he gets right. away with it. Right. So that's where the heat comes in. So I thought that was dope. I thought Tito Santana's baby face fire when he fired up and was making his comeback. I thought that was incredible. Fantastic! I was like, "Damn!" I see why Tito Santana was like always kind of in the mix as a babyface because he was really good at it. Like, if people got into him, um, again, it's something else you don't really see is that babyface fire sometimes. Yeah, and then Tito Santana had it. Yeah, and if you're watching this knowing that these guys were a tag team before, it probably even means Wardio watching it. You know, I didn't, I didn't realize that at the time, but. Even then, you know, I'm sure Brian Nisley was watching this uh, cheering his ass. I was gonna off. say. It meant a lot to him. We know it meant a lot to him, boy. <laughs> and strike force. Uh, the end of the match comes when Martel gets uh, Tito Santana and the Boston Crab. Tito Santana 
technically tapped out like right away, but I guess they didn't have they didn't recognize tap yeah, outs back do, then. They didn't do that. He had to actually say like, "Oh, I give up," and that's when they rung the bell. So uh, Rick Martel came away with the victory. Um, then we cut to a promo with Jake from Jake Roberts. He's got the shades on because, <laughs> of course, Rick Martel sprayed the essence in his eyes, and they had this all led to this Rick Martel Jake Roberts thing. This led to WrestleMania Seven. Another classic match, in my opinion, <laughs> from that show. Uh, you know, because Warrior Savage was, was was a crazy match, great match, but this blindfold match between Rick Martel and Jake Roberts, I've mentioned it a couple weeks ago, and I'm mentioning it again. It's one of my favorite matches ever to watch. It's so <laughs> funny. It's so good, and they barely touch each other for like ten minutes. They don't even yeah. touch each other until the DDT, yeah. and boom, yep. and it's over. It's just so stupid, but yeah, funny. I just thought it was great. It's a match where uh, you really that the crowd made it, and that's part of why I love uh, love crowd reactions that make me enjoy a match even more. And that's one of them. I, I remember growing up in like the message board era, and they would talk about how shitty that match was. But I don't know why. They, uh, you know, you watch it now, and you're just like, man, the crowd does everything. And if I could just not even remember the fact that I saw Jake Roberts' hand <laughs> through the mask uh, right at the very beginning when he was like adjusting it, and you could see like his hand through the mask. Uh-huh. I, I would have fallen for every single thing, like you know, just like that, like I was supposed to. But um, look, I didn't. So, <laughs> for one, every time they got near each other, the, the people came alive. That happens because they're both over. Yeah, like. Going into the match, they were over. People wanted to see this happen, and it just like, oh, and the anticipation was just—it was building. Every time they got close to each other, it was like, oh, oh, and then like, <laughs> they were like, like almost throw a punch, and somebody would punch <laughs> air, and they and all of a sudden they wind up across the ring from each other again. People yeah. were like, oh god, they were that close. Yeah. I thought, like I said, I thought that match was brilliant. I don't know why. I'm sure I, people disagree, I, but I, I thought it was hysterical. Dude, the best <clears throat> moment for me is when Rick Martel's on the outside with the steel chair and he's jabbing that air. <laughs> and he, he backs up into the ring post and <laughs> slams it with the chair. And oh, my like, God. Sells his fingers. Oh, my God, dude. That was <laughs> classic. <laughs> he's stabbing at the air like, ow, ow, are you there? Are you there? <laughs> yeah. That was so funny. It was like, Oh, my God. Like, nobody could have done a better job than those two in in that type of match at that time i just i just look if you don't have an appreciation for that match i can't help you bro and i know it's like some people are always comedy and wrestling to me it wasn't really comedy it was like a serious angle leading up to that and yeah the stuff they did in that match was funny but i don't think it it wasn't intended to be funny right but at the same time rick Rick martell could look silly because he was a heel and he was a model so they could afford to make him look kind of silly but it was a it was a heavy angle. They thought you know they made it seem like Jake Roberts really lost his vision. Yeah, and he's walked around for months with the stuff on his eyes, like the bandages and the shades, yeah, like the white contact. That I was like, wait, he really lost his eye? Holy crap! Right, <laughs> like they really played this up, and Jake really walked around for a while with the bandages. Like he really sold it, even when he wasn't in the arenas. Like he was just out and about. He would right. wear yeah. the bandages on his eyes. Yeah. So this is a heavy angle. That kind of got turned into a silly match. By to me, in hindsight, it was silly, but I don't know. I it, it, I don't know. I just 
I have nothing but praise. I don't know why. Maybe it's a it's a guilty pleasure. I don't know. But this match, the, the Roberts Martel match at WrestleMania Seven, is one of my most favorite matches of all time. <laughs> it's so stupid, but it is. Um, I, I wrote down though. They, this is again. This is taped in late October. This airs a month later. And I wrote like, if this was 2020, this match would not have made it to WrestleMania. <laughs> like, <laughs> they would have had this match at Clash of Champions or TLC in no time. Like, and it would have been the same exact. It would have been a blindfold match. It would have been the same exact match, same exact stipulation, but it would have been at I don't know, you know, Survivor Series or whatever. Like, it would have been in somewhere in the fall, but it wouldn't have been at WrestleMania. So I just yeah. thought that was a. Um, an interesting that was you know interesting thought I had about mm-hmm. this whole angle. Yeah, you're right. Um, <clears throat> we end the show with a promo uh, from Ultimate Warrior. So we're ending the show just how we began it, or well, I guess we began it with Ted DiBiase, but we're ending Ultimate Warrior, and he's cutting a kind of a quiet, emotional promo. And of course, eventually he gets up and explodes. But uh. But yeah, that's how we wrap up the show with that and the the, the turkey graphics from WWE. WWF nineteen ninety man breaking state of the art breaking cutting edge like oh yeah that that was uh, dope back in nineteen ninety probably <laughs> with the I, sound effect I probably loved the hell out of that it's like yeah I'm curious um, as to who was the person making the sound effects the, the gobble 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 like who was that person Hector, I want to I want to think Guerrero. it was Bruce Pritchard. Probably, yeah. That's what I want to think it is. I don't. I don't have any evidence to work, you know, to support <laughs> that, but yeah, or maybe was, maybe, uh... maybe it was Howard Finkel. <laughs> maybe it was Vince McMahon. Maybe, maybe. No, if, it was, if it was Vince, it'd be like gobble gobble gobble. <laughs> it'd be like a stern, like real, like hearty gobble, because yeah, you know true. Vince is a man's man. So yeah, that's true. Gobble gobble gobble! Damn it! Yeah, I'm gobbling. I'm God telling damn you, man. it! Oh, gobble gobble gobble! <laughs> I'm telling you, this warrior promo really made me want to see him kick Macho King's butt. So, I I was looking forward to that match. I thought it was going to happen at the Rumble, and then like it didn't. But then it finally happened at Mania. But no titles were on the line. So, I think they did a really good job of building that whole feud. And I really hated Macho Man for the longest time. Really, <laughs> up up until even when he was marrying Elizabeth, I thought he was a jerk. But up until he got uh, bit by a snake, I, I was not a fan of his. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, he had to move from after he got bit by the snake. That's right. At this reception. No, no, he didn't. No, that was after. They, oh, that, the yeah, snake that was, was at the reception, but he yes. got bit by the snake after that. Yes. Yes. No, yeah, I, I was yeah, wrong. That's but what I meant. Yeah. They had the snake at the reception, too, and Jake Roberts ruined that. <laughs> yeah. And then, was... yeah, he had the snake bite him. You ever hear the story about Jake Roberts telling, like, like to walking through the snake bite with Randy Savage? Yes, I did. Actually, a few. Uh... A few days ago, I was reading that. For, for those who don't know, you know, they, they, they get the word that they're going to do the snake bite to Randy Savage. And <laughs> apparently Randy pulled Jake aside before the show. It's like, oh, I don't know about this snake. How are we going to do about this snake or something like that? Like, he's paranoid about the snake bite, which is, I mean, understandable. Yeah, I would But be the snake too. had been devenomized, so it ha- couldn't really do any harm to him besides bite him. Uh, and Randy Savage apparently was like i want the snake to bite you first <laughs> he told jake to have the snake bite him first he's like jake was like no i'm not gonna do that he's like like hell you're not he's like, if it don't bite you don't bite you i'm gonna beat your ass right now like 
He <laughs> tried to beat him up after he didn't make that snake bite him first so he can, you know, be assured that the snake wouldn't kill him. Um, I guess he didn't he didn't trust Jake not to pull some pull some funny business, I guess. Yeah, right. And <laughs> I don't want this guy to kill me now. <laughs> right. But Jake let the snake bite him and to show Randy that you know, this is everything's on the up and up, bro. And that's when how Randy was cool with letting the snake bite him. Um, but he <laughs> yeah, it was uh <laughs> Angry, paranoid yeah. Randy Savage sounds like the scariest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and I'm telling you, man, like we said, with good reason, because you watch that back, that snake was not coming off his arm. <laughs> Even with Jim no. Roberts trying his hardest to get but, that snake off his arm, and it was not coming. He had multiple people telling you, hey, the snake is devenomized. Like, you don't have to worry <laughs> about it. Yeah. I think you could kind of, like, you don't have to force Jake to make the snake bite him first. <laughs> I think that's a step too far, bro. Like, maybe you can trust the, the multiple people who told you, yo, the snake is devenomized, you have to worry about it. Like, cause I don't think they would just have a poisonous snake hanging out in the locker room or with Jake. Like, I think that would be a bad idea. Somebody might die. So, well, hey, Macho Man was just, you know, making sure everything was in line. Right. Like, <laughs> For like, that night. Like the goat he is. He might have got a different snake. <laughs> the other <laughs> snake might have been different than mine, but this one might be poisonous. <laughs> like, no, this is the same one, bro. Exactly. We didn't exactly. get a new snake. Oh, man. So, yeah. That's that's that story. And that's the main event from yeah. uh, October slash November 1990. <laughs> it is uh, crazy that they would tape it that far in advance and i mean no internet you know they did that stuff and uh yeah just nuts that looking at how they did stuff you know from how they do it now so much has changed and i love watching these back it's been 30 years so yeah a lot has changed yeah that's true i mean the show aired (laughs) two days ago 30 years ago two days ago we're recording this november 25th it aired originally November 23rd, 1990. So, and it was taped over 30 years ago, technically now. So, absolutely crazy. And I, you know, I was living in South Philly at that time. We had our nice little row home. You know, I didn't move to Jersey until I was six years old. So, uh, I remember so much about that house even before I moved and watching a lot of wrestling in that house before we moved. And this was one of those shows. And it was, it was awesome. I just love reliving stuff like this. Well, it's always fun to do it with your buddy uh, and we'll do it again at some point yeah <laughs> some more deep dives if you want us to do a deep dive of your request feel free to head over to patreon.com slash shooters radio we will when we will fulfill said request so if you got like again if you got a, a wrestling event or some other type of wrestling related content maybe vader on boy meets world or king kong bundy on married with children or whatever the case may be Hit us up, patreon.com slash radio, and we will fulfill your request. But, Nick, take us out with some other plugs, please, as we wrap up episode 261. You can follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter. Follow me at Nick Pacone on Twitter. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Shooters Radio. And you can catch this podcast at phillyvoice.com and my sports and this podcast Philly sports, I should say, and a lot of other cool stuff with uh, Fox Sports, The Gambler, uh, The Daily Ticket uh, podcast, and all that at phillyinfluencer.com. I am at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. Uh, If you don't find me there, you probably won't find me out here in these streets too much, but only when I have to, you know. Uh, 
you can find my writing on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Uh, got a big story coming up, coming out in a couple weeks, I guess. Uh, I'll just say it's about, I'll, I'll say what it's about. It's about the 25th anniversary of our win over the Cowboys at Veteran Stadium. I'm sure you recall, Nick, that um, you know when we beat, we stopped Evan Smith twice on fourth down. And Merrill Reese goes, he did it again. We, we stopped him again, or something like that. So, uh, uh, so yeah, I, I'm writing a story, you know, a little feature on that uh, because it was a big win back in 1995. I did, was not watching the Eagles back then. How about that? So, the first year of the Ray Rose era. What's that? I was not watching the Eagles back then. How about that? You were watching. I know what you was watching in '95. <laughs> the stupid Survivor Series that was on Sunday instead of Thanksgiving Eve. The jerks. Yeah. I'm sure you watched Rad Radford and and and, and whoever oh, else yeah. is in that show. Yeah, Skip, the Skip, one two yep. three kid heel turn and all that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Ninety five Survivor Series. Bret Hart and Diesel. We should, awesome. we should probably deep dive on that soon. <laughs> <laughs> the wild card match. That was fantastic. I feel like we've talked about that show for whatever reason <laughs> multiple times over the years. Um, but never deep dive or did we, a deep dive not. on it. We did not. So maybe it's time. I don't know. We'll um, see. <laughs> but that's that's another that's for another time. But for this time, it's time to wrap it up for episode two sixty one of the Straight Shooters for Nippicon. I am Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to this week's episode, and we'll catch y'all again next week. And happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there and in, in the internet land. Gobble, gobble, gobble.